All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we're here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the recently released, still in theaters as of this recording, uh, 2022 uh, Haunted Doll Android. Well, it's not Haunted. Anyway, it's Megan with a uh, three as an E, um, which just recently came out. Um, another James Wan um, Blumhouse uh, production, uh, although he didn't direct this one, he but he produced it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this one is kind of making the circles around the uh, horror movie circuit for right now, so we decided to kind of sit on down and take a look at that. But in the meantime, it has been a few weeks since we last recorded, which was our uh, special episode, uh, the uh, what is our favorite movie is top 10. Our, our, no, we, we, we did the rank of the tiers in terms of the horror movies, so we talked about our favorite horror movies of last year, um, which uh, Brandon and Chira I placed uh, very well on both of our lists, uh, very surprisingly oh, yeah. so. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I, I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, I mentioned a little earlier, I'm I'm still sick from that cold that I had like a month ago, it feels like. I don't know what's going on, but my throat just isn't healing. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I got to go see Megan, which was great. The, uh, it was 2023, Dan. I know you said 2022. We're, we're in the future now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, this movie did come out in 2022, right? Yeah, December 7th, no. 2022. So technically, it is a 2022. No, it came out uh, January, January 23. Uh, no, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. It says Megan prepared in Los Angeles on December 7th, 2022, and then probably uh, it had a limited release and then had the January release as well. So we're both right and we're both wrong at the same time. No, you're wrong. Okay, you know we're not we're not we're not fancy Californians, all right? We're 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 the we're the common people, all right? We're the East Coast, but, yeah. Yeah, just like you know, and we're like George Santos. We're just a regular guy, mm-hmm. um, but you know. Um, yeah. But you know what I did do recently, though, is I did recently watch, um, we had a friend over, and uh, Lindsay wanted to show them Velocipaster, and oh, Dan, that movie still holds up so well. Such a good movie. I, I, like, I, have, to, I have to give that another shot. I, I don't think I was in a good place when I saw it the very first time. So, like, I mean, I wasn't. No I literally, it was recovering from a vasectomy, so probably not the best time on that front. Although I did play the Final Fantasy VII remake during that time as well, and that's still, I, I enjoyed that. So, I don't know. I don't know. So what I'm hearing uh, is that you, you judged the game poorly, and you also judged uh, the Lost Pastor poorly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But how, how, like how are you doing? I'm doing good. Outside of that. Uh, yeah, I'm doing really, really good, honestly, all things considered. Um, not that there's anything too concerned. My life is kind of it's kind of in the in-between right now in terms of, like, the Christmas season is over, and then we got stuff planned for the future, that sort of thing. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting that right now. How's your um? How's how's your water doing? Is your, is it any, any? Oh yeah. Any more intensity? Your water is your water okay? Do you have water? Yeah, the water's fine. Uh, those of you who didn't listen to the previous episodes are kind of missed on that front. Uh, basically, we had some major water issues at our apartments. Uh, water was shut off twice, once due to frozen pipes, once due to our new internet company accidentally hitting the water main. Uh, and so then, all things considered, we were without water for about seventy-two hours. Um, you know, in pieces, basically. The very first one was about 48 hours. The other one was about 24. And thankfully, the second time, I was out of state for Christmas. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was that. So, thankfully, do we have that? We have power. We have electricity. Uh, the apartment is going okay as of right now. We'll we'll see how things are later on. But that's how that goes on that front. Um, but, yeah, we got water. I can shower. I'm no longer stinky. That's all good right there. Um, in terms of horror movies I have seen, though, uh, have you seen The Menu yet? 
the yes, new... I, I loved it. Yeah, I really liked it too. I saw that one, so I just want to give a shout out recommendation. I don't know. I was considering doing a full episode on that, and I was just kind of like, yeah, maybe. So maybe we will, but I definitely will recommend it. Um, the line about the student loans had me in tears the whole time. Yes, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Um, Ralph Fiennes is really, I don't know, I just, I'm seeing a lot of movies where he's popping up in recently, uh, like In Bruges and Grand Budapest Hotel and the, mm-hmm. the, the movies he's done before, but I'm just like kind of come back into my cultural zeitgeist recently. So uh, he's also Voldemort too, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. All that stuff right there. Great actor. Anna Taylor Joe is fantastic. I would definitely recommend that movie. Um, I don't know if I would call it horror. Like it is definitely a lot of horrifying elements in it. I would say it's more of a thriller than anything else, but it is yeah. very good. If you enjoy horrors, that's that. Except that oh. they, they slander the good name of s'mores, which is <laughs> terrible. S'mores are amazing. And I, I his, his uh, exposition, or he call it, on, on s'mores is rude and uncalled for. Uh-huh. S'mores are ah. great. S'mores, s'mores are amazing. S'mores, s'mores are an experience. They're not something I would actively seek out, though. They're just like, okay, yeah, we're camping. What? I guess we gotta we got to do that, that sort of thing. Well, you're right. But S'mores yeah. are an experience. You don't eat them. They're an experience. You taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good step right there. Uh, I do want to give myself a pat on the back, though. So I have been doing uh, accommodation Krav Maga Jiu-Jitsu at this gym for about the past year and a half now, which is fantastic. I've really been enjoying this. It's a great positive environment. Um, all of that stuff. Uh, I've been lazy this week, however, in terms of last week, because God of War Ragnarok came out, and I am about 41 hours in near the end of the game. However, um, 20 of those hours were like in the past week. Like it's all I've been doing in the evenings, basically. So I skipped a lot of classes this week because I am just kind of all over the place. Um, And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to punish myself. And we had an open house on um, Saturday. And basically what happened was we had a jujitsu class at 8 a.m., then 45 minutes later, we had a chant fit class, which is kind of a cardio bag workout sort of thing. Um, where basically we just kind of go on in and just work the bags and then we do like wheels and it's all very, very cardio focused, like hit training, basically. Then we have a standard crowd, my guy class. And then finally we had a kickboxing class, each of them 45 minutes each, each of them right after another. And I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to punish myself. I'm going to do all four classes. And I did. And it was great. Oh. And I was dead at the very end, but it was good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that. That was how it goes. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's been pretty much my life on that front. Still figuring out marriage stuff and still figuring out all of that. Uh, those of you who did not uh, listen to the previous episodes again, I did get engaged back in um, November and we have a date set for the spring. I'm keeping it purposely vague for right now, but uh, you will all know when it happens. So yay. So you guys can all show up and you can watch him. And you'll be like, look at him. Look at him there. Yeah. You can object. No. Excited about that. Getting all that squared away. Uh, but yeah, no, let's, um, unless there's something else you want to talk about, you want to dive into Megan? Yeah, man, let's hop into it. All right, sounds good. Uh, so this was your suggestion, so why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, your history with this film. <laughs> I think we pretty much have the same history on that front, but go for it. Uh, why'd you choose this movie, basically? I mean, Megan and I go way back, honestly, you know, back when I was a child, I, I you know, I really, really loved the idea of this movie, so, you know, it's been, been a long, been a long time coming. Um, but no, but, you know, I, I think everybody knows, you know, the, uh, the zeitgeist around this movie seemed like this movie for some reason just kind of popped off apparently uh, at some point. Uh, I was really curious about it. I know that it was kind of like a, a Mimi joke movie, but then I started to hear really good reviews about it. Um, I even got uh, my wife to go see it, who doesn't like to go to see movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she, she refused to see a lot of movies with me, um, but this one she was like, she wouldn't go see, uh, what's that movie? She wouldn't go see Moonfall with me. She wouldn't go see a lot of Marvel movies with me, or she, she, but she, she'd go see this. So I, I don't know what, what her, uh, 
where her her line is but um she is just yeah. she doesn't like roland emmerich and she does not like um marvel understandable you know big cool. picture blockbuster cool. that sort of thing they're they're yeah. both great things um but no, but I, I you know i was uh you know i've been curious about it i think i think we know we both we both like james wan uh and you know that, yeah I, yeah, yeah. Was, James uh, Wan, I, I think he does a lot of interesting things to the horror community. Like, I wouldn't say he's, you know, the best director ever, but he's very consistent. He's very fun. And I enjoy just every time I saw, see a horror movie by him, or at least I have, that has had some involvement in his production, I always just leave with the sense of just like, yeah, that was a fun horror movie. That was a fun horror experience. And I enjoyed that. Like, there are some mm-hmm. horror movies where I just feel like afterwards I'm just, like, horribly depressed or I'm just like, oh, God, this is awful. Like, Hereditary is not a fun horror movie. Midsummer is not a fun horror <laughs> movie. Both, I love both of those movies, but they, they are not fun in any sense mm-hmm. of the imagination. Uh, but this one is, you know, James Wan is generally pretty fun, and I like it. And Blumhouse is pretty hit or miss, but um, How do you? I, 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 I enjoy what they're doing for the horror community in terms of now we actually have, you know, a horror production with clout and how that's going away, but... Uh, how that's going on in so that's that that is really interesting like i was oh um one of my wife's friends a little while ago said that they don't because i was asking people to go see it and uh they were like i don't really want to go see it you know i don't like like blumhouse movies like you know i feel like they're just kind of producing shit all the time and i'm like I, I feel like they are producing a lot of stuff but i feel like it's just because you know they're specializing in the horror genre and they are making good on that low budget horror movies that kind of have loop returns but i feel like i don't like i don't i don't get the impression there's really like a blumhouse formula you know like i don't i don't feel yeah. that there's like a, a blumhouse I don't know, there's like a Blumhouse grip on these films. I think, you know, they've produced and released them. Um, Yeah, I I feel like Blumhouse is very much a throw stuff at the wall and still see what sticks. But they tend to, you know, at the very least, kind of have interesting ideas to start off with. And then, of course, you know, they might kind of market it or kind of run it into the ground. But I I, I get it. they got to pay the bills, you know, if it takes a fifth purge sequel to do so, go for it. (laughs) How dare you? Uh (laughs) It is is weird that they like, because they they have um, rights to... um... They're 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 doing Halloween, right? Like it's crazy. They yeah. they have like the high prestige of Halloween, and then they have fucking Megan, and they're like, mm-hmm. hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and that's another thing I like about them too is just that there's a, they're very varied, like you were just saying, and you know they're they're not afraid to think outside the box and be like, oh yeah, you know, Happy Death Day. It's like Groundhog Day, but the person gets murdered over and over again. Like that's a cool concept, and even if the execution isn't great, I don't know. I actually haven't seen Happy Death Day. I've heard great things. Um, it's pretty good, but. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I appreciate what they're doing, and I appreciate how they're kind of, what they're bringing to the horror community, so. At mm-hmm. first, I'm always, you know, kind of curious to see what they're going to figure out on that front and what they're going to plan next. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, History with Megan. So, Andrew, what did you think of Megan? I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it was amazing, but, like, I thought it was a fun movie. I think that's what I think, I think a lot of these kind of movies that come out, um, you know, I, I'll put up there. I know that the writer was the same writer who did Malignant, um, and I, you know, I felt kind of a similar thing. I, I would have liked... I know that this movie was turned down to PG thirteen, you know, you know, to kind of, because I think you know they realized that it was becoming kind of like a online phenomenon, and that you know they realized that um, you know teens were kind of getting into it, so they wanted to make it accessible, so they toned it down a bit. But I would really like to see a rated R version. I think that might be a better film, um, just because I feel like there wasn't a lot of violence in this, and I thought that you know it obviously was very toned down. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you can definitely you know, tell it. it's kind of the marketing is kind of like the teen horror flick sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. That, uh, that I, I feel that's kind of what they're trying to, the demographic they're going for. Yeah, but I will I will say though I thought like the the emotional backbone to it was pretty solid, and I I liked that our main character um, 
I can't even remember her name. Um, the girl from Get Out. Uh, Jenna, maybe. What's her name? No, Gemma. Gemma. I like that Gemma was kind of a bad parent. And like even and at the end, we really didn't get too much of a resolution for that. Essentially, like, you know, we got her kind of starting to take steps towards being a better parent, but she never didn't quite achieve that. So if they were to make a sequel, they could definitely continue that arc for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked, the, you know, like it, it was a obvious commentary, but I liked the commentary on um, using technology as uh, a babysitter, as a parent for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, obviously, her situation was very specific to what happened to her, but I think that is, you know, in general, a interesting commentary that you know. Oh yeah, a lot of people can relate to that, and especially that. I think a lot of Gen Z kids can relate to that too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But how about yourself? What do you think? I was disappointed in this movie. Like, get, it's get not fucked. a bad movie. Um, I was really into the first third. But by the time, like, basically everything after the dog scene, I was just kind of bored, honestly. And I kind of had higher hopes for it. Like, I feel like it started out decently strong. And I was curious to see what it set up. But I remember just sitting there in the theater and just kind of watching on through and just thinking to myself, okay, where is this going to go in terms of the plot? You know, what narrative beats are going to be hit? And I just, I felt it was very predictable, which is not necessarily Mm -hmm. a bad thing. But every single time they did the thing I was thinking of, I was just like, okay, and I wish they would gone further with it, or I wish they would have taken this direction with it. Um, I didn't think the humor landed as much as I wanted it to. Um, the humor was also kind of all over the place in terms of some aspects of it. I thought it was very strong in the first third. Um, yeah, I had my problems with this movie. Overall, it's not a bad movie. It's a competently produced movie. I'm glad it exists, I guess. But overall, I think I was disappointed with it. And I would advise recommend seeing it in theaters. Um you know, picking it up later on in digital or something like that at home, not a bad, not a bad choice, but mm. I just, I felt it was a very predictable by the numbers and wasn't a very unique movie either. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I was. And I was just kind of, that, that bored me on that front. So there, there were a lot of aspects I liked about the movie, but overall I just kind of left and I was like, did I like this movie when I see it again? And just like, no, I think I'm probably going to forget it in about five years. So mm. that's that. But anyway, uh, you want to jump on into it? Yeah, actually, I have a question for you about your experience. Sure. Um, did when did you watch it? Was your how what was your crowd like when you saw it? I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> um, yeah, I will preface it as well. I actually had a pretty bad crowd. Um, so I had a 4 p.m. showing at this local theater down the streets, um, which is an independent used to be an independent movie theater, but they couldn't pay the bills and AMC bought them out. So it's like very small theater, that sort of thing. I was in the back. It was a four row auditorium and. Um, it wasn't too bad, except for about three rows ahead of me, there was this couple that was loudly talking, and thankfully I was far enough away where I couldn't make out what they were saying. I just heard general murmurs and noise and that sort of thing. But if I was right behind them, like it would have been super loud. Uh, but what was really weird is one of them like stood up, left, and kept on coming back like literally 10 or 15 times throughout the movie. And then she keep either coming came back with snacks or something like that, too. It was very obvious they didn't care about the movie. They just cared about the snacks, which is, you know, there's cheaper ways to do that. But that's... that's <laughs> On that mm-hmm. front. Um, other than that, most people were pretty quiet. I mean, they laughed when they laughed. This this movie is definitely more of a horror comedy than an actual straight horror um, on that front. So the collaborative interaction, I didn't mind laughter and that sort of thing, too. But it definitely wasn't like a quiet place or hereditary, which is like silence the whole way through. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you? So we went and saw it, I want to say maybe opening weekend, possibly. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, we saw it, I think, on, on like the sun, Sunday, last Sunday. Um we had, we went out and had a couple of drinks first, and then went and saw it. And our theater was packed, um, and I think it, I think it was definitely opening weekend because there and there are a bunch of teens there. Um, but I thought like we had a lot of people like yelling out and laughing and stuff, so I thought mm-hmm. it made it more enjoyable, especially I like the dumb shit because I feel like there were, were a lot of moments, um, a lot of comedic moments 
that were like dumb writing, but I think intentionally, like like the scene where she starts singing after she has that like moment Titanium, of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and people just burst out laughing, like what the fuck, yeah. like that no, was the same and, like, thing for our that, too. So that was great. Like I, like I I feel like that it does help, especially if you have like a I don't know. Like I saw some words somebody said that this movie was meant for like the TikTok and like that that kind of generation, and I like really uh-huh. feel I that because that. that's who was there with us. And like there definitely are some things that didn't quite land for me, and some pacing that wasn't great. But um, I don't know. I, I do feel like I enjoyed it probably more with with the large group of people who just kind of sh- you know sh- not didn't shit on it, but like were very active in watching it. I guess I don't know how to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like Avengers Endgame. Like, just I remember going opening night and, like, when, you know, Thor caught the hammer and every, the crowd went apeshit. Like, that that added to the experience. Or, you know, do you ever see... You, you've seen Snakes on a Plane, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see it in theaters? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, so I saw it opening night. It was fantastic. You know, it was a great theater experience. Saw it again a few months later at home. I, actually, it was in a car. We were waiting overnight for the Wii when, you know, they were low in stock. And we watched it on my friend's laptop. And I was just bored out of my mind. I was just like, oh, yeah. my God, this is the worst. Um, so, yeah, definitely theater experience can help out with that front. And you definitely had a much, much different, different theater experience than I did. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I guess we get into the general premise. Uh, we talked about what we thought about this. So Megan is a another killer doll movie. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. Uh, like honestly, um, the new Chucky remake, uh, somewhat similar plot to this one in terms of they, you know, young girl Katie, uh, her parents die in the opening scene in a car crash. She's the only survivor of the crash, uh, and she is sent to live with her aunt Jenna. Um, who is a uh, toy researcher, designer, engineer for a Hasbro-like company. Um, and that actually brings me to my next point right here. Like, what, what the opening scene with the Furby knockoffs in terms of, like, you feed them with the iPad and then they poop and that sort of thing. Like, I was fully sold. I was just like, oh, my God, I hope this movie is about killer Furbies because I would love it so much more. And then it didn't, and it went with the stereotypical creepy doll, and I'm just like, oh, man, I wanted to see a movie about killer Furbies. Damn it. So I think that was kind of what disappointed me. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so basically parents died. Katie goes in to live with her Aunt Jenna, and um, Jenna makes a android robot named Megan who has the ability to learn from AI and that sort of thing, too. And her prime directive is to protect Katie by any means necessary. And, of course, she perverts that. Um, goal or that purpose and ends up killing people bothering Katie and then eventually kind of, you know, going on a murder spree after that. Um, So that's, you know, standard, you know, technology run rampant AI. It's really nothing we haven't seen before. Uh, There is a heavy handed in terms of like smart devices and that sort of thing too with um, like the Chucky remake um, Mm. and just how everything is interconnected and that sort of thing as well. And yeah, that's basically it. Um, in terms of subplots, there's a subplot where Jenna, you know, is wants to be a little bit more, you know, not only is she struggling with being a parent to this uh, orphan child, but also trying her best to, you know, still fulfill in her work purpose, which she is a big dreamer. She wants to push the envelope of toys, whereas her boss basically just says, we want you to create cheaper versions of the stuff you've already made before. Um, and that just doesn't inspire him or her on that front. Um yeah, and that's really all the plots this movie has. Everything is kind of in relation or taken in from that front right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the general plot. Uh, you talked about your purpose. Uh, do we want to give a spoiler warning at this point or yeah. anything else you want to talk about beforehand? No, yeah, I think, I think that's good. Yeah, I think it's 
That, that's probably all the non-spoiler stuff I'm, I'm down for. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, so yeah, if you want to see Megan, uh, you can stop the episode now. If not, we are heading into spoiler territory. Uh, so yeah, we have spoiler territory right now. Gosh, where do you want to start? Like any scenes that stuck out to you? Anything you want to complain about? Anything like that? Oh, uh, what or did you think about? about about Megan as like a as the killer and as the character? Very by the numbers. Like yeah. honestly, I felt like okay, yes, creepy doll. Like it was fine. But in terms of, you know, oh, she's, you know, if there are any images that are going to stick in my mind is like, ooh, that was a particularly well-lit shot, or that's a really, really good framing device of it, or ooh, that was a creepy motion. The only thing that I really did love about Megan in terms of characterization, that sort of thing, too, is the dance scene in the CEO's yes. hallway at the very end. That was the best part of the movie for me. Um, mm-hmm. So this is during the end of the movie when Megan's on her rampage and kind of just killing everyone in the toy factory as much as possible. And she's basically like, it's, um, the whole thing is set to walk the line by, oh, fuck, who's, who's the band that sings it? I sent it over to you. Uh, oh, was that what that was? Um, yeah, Scaprose. Uh, walk oh, walk yeah, the yeah. Nights, yeah. Scaprose, mm-hmm. Walk the Nights, uh, which is just enormously catchy song. And she's basically dancing through the hallway as she's chasing after the CEO. And it was just a really rough, really really cool scene um, i really loved it i was just like okay this is this is the fun the movie was striving for that i didn't quite feel throughout most of the movie on that front um mm-hmm. yeah i really like that uh, but in terms of that dance that sort of thing too but the rest of it for megan yeah i mean just standard creepy doll again it is kind of what you expect out of this movie it didn't it didn't surprise yeah what about no, I feel, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like, you know, there were, I, again, I, I think that there definitely had to have been moments that were cut from this. Like, because there's that, like, there's that psychiatrist character who's introduced who Megan gives the eyes to when she's, uh-huh. like, makes uh, Katie, like, emotionally sad. And she's, like, you can tell that she wants to fuck her up. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like there are those kind of scenes where it makes me think that, like, we, you know, we, we probably mix, missed some kind of good deaths. Um, and, two with, like, um, I feel like the boy probably died differently. And I think that probably, and I think that there is, some, I, I did read something where the, um, the boss or the the CEO guy said that he he had actually apparently a lot more horrific death origin, in the original uh, cut of it. Yeah, um, you could definitely tell they cut a lot of the blood out and that sort of thing. So again, this was a movie where they have fully gone on and made, and they toned this down for a PG thirteen audience from an R rating. So, and I'm not yeah. sure if that helped or hindered the film. Like, I would have liked to see a little bit more gore in terms of what was being displayed on the scene versus what happened because there's a lot of cutaway deaths. There's a lot of stuff like that. But at the same time, too. I don't feel that a movie should stand on its core alone. I feel oh, no. like it is, you know, it, it just kind of supplemental based on what the plot services and what tone you're trying to go for. Uh, but yeah, yeah continue. Well, well, I just think that, I think that in that case just lost some of the menace we would have gotten for her because she didn't really feel like too much of a threat up until that final-ish time because we didn't really yeah. see what goes on. Like, there's the cutaway dog kill, which I'm just like, ah, fuck that. Like, stop killing mm-hmm. the dog. The dog. You don't um, kill the dog but, in horror movies. The, o- the yeah, only but, movie where the dog is okay to kill is The Thing because that is a very good purpose of the plot because that technically happened off screen. Um, yeah. That is, that, that is the only horror movie where they kill the dog and I'm okay with it. Exactly. So, but, mm-hmm. yeah. But, like, I don't know. I feel, like that, I feel like as a result, we didn't really get much characterization from her, from Megan. Like, I feel like we, we, we always saw, like, the cut and dry, like, this is for this reason. And that's why she did things like, you know, she's evil because she wanted like that, that I guess it's, it makes more sense to kind of binary like I kill because uh, Katie needs to be protected. But I feel like we didn't really get the same characterization that we got for like Chucky in the new Child's Play movie. Like I feel mm-hmm. like Ch- Chucky in the new Child's Play movie, I actually, I think I even mentioned this when we did the episode, I felt kind of sad for him because you could kind of tell that he like, 
he thought what he was doing was the right thing. Like he was fucking with people and he was killing people, but he thought like he was helping Andy. I don't, I don't know if Andy was Andy in, in the remake, but um, uh-huh. you know. And then also too, was, Chucky in the new one was voiced by Mark Hamill, who is you know no offense to Jenna Davis, who's the voice of Megan in this one because she's a you know brand new actress. I think she's like eighteen or nineteen, hasn't acted much before, but you know Mark Hamill has had years and years, decades and decades of voice acting experience. So no offense mm-hmm. to her, but it doesn't hold a candle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's just a different character, but like, yeah. I just said, you know, they, they didn't, she didn't have the material to really work with. Like, she had, oh, hi, Katie. You feel sad? Let me sing a song for you. And you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, that was, you know, <laughs> that, that was what she had. Um, so I feel like, you know, as a result, I think, I think like they, they didn't make her menacing and they didn't make her a compelling character. So I think she kind of, that's kind of where they dropped the ball. And I, and I, and I think that, you know, for the, um, because it was, you know, those scenes were cut you know, the chance of them getting to the menacing was really kind of lost. Um, mm-hmm. Though, you know, I, I think they could definitely take a sequel and make it work, um, you know, and kind of develop that character, like the betrayed character, you know, like I especially like, I definitely see them having one where, I don't know, maybe um, uh, Katie's older. Like, and then we kind of cool jump ahead a couple of years, Katie's older, and maybe like, mm-hmm. I don't know, she comes back to get her. Or like a, a kind of like a uh, The Boy 2 thing where it's like Megan starts killing people around Katie and like she's like, oh no, Megan's back, but nobody believes her. I can see that being mm-hmm. a cool thing too, because nobody nobody knows what happened with Megan other than uh, Gemma. So if if you know, opening kill the second movie kills Gemma. Now it's Katie trying to get you know live, uh, you know again again uprooted from her her new home only to have to deal. Yeah, with definitely, because it's sequel. also too the the whole fact that the movie cuts out very very you know suddenly in terms of the day is saved, Megan is dead, and the police arrive at the house, and we have the ending stain where the Alexa-like device lights up, insinuating that Megan's still alive in the smart system, the smart home system, and then the movie ends right there, so we never find out, you know, did the police believe her, did they go to jail for these murders, that sort of thing as well, were there any repercussions, um... So yeah, it, it was a very sudden kind of ending on that front, but I felt like it was a very safe ending as well. And I think that's my biggest problem with this movie is I, I, I've always personally enjoyed movies more where like they swing for the fences and miss wildly, but it's still very entertaining or it's just a well-put, competent movie together in general. Like, the movies that disappoint me the most, honestly, are the ones that are just very by-the-numbers. Yeah, they're done well, but there's nothing about it that stands out and don't really like it. I think you definitely might be onto something, though. As a 35 geriatric millennial, I am definitely not the target audience for this movie, even if I am a horror fan. It definitely is catering more towards the, you know, burgeoning Gen Z horror movie fan crowd, which, Mm -hmm. you know, more power to them. It's fantastic. I love the fact that more people are getting into this genre um mm-hmm. that's kind of how i feel on that front and even then yeah. too like we were talking about the kills and that sort of thing i feel like so many of them were just kind of backed away like um the scene with the boy in the woods and his ear gets ripped off and like they don't show it too much yeah like they do see it but you know, like you can clearly tell that it has been edited out in terms of you know the ear kind of i don't know a zoom in on the ear or something like that no it's just all distant shots with like this red smattering where you're like is that is that blood i can't really tell um and then also to the chemical uh with the neighbors getting sprayed with the chemicals like i could definitely see another cut where like i don't know her skin is melting off or something like that oh yeah Um, well you're using a fucking power washer that that thing can just take skin off you by itself and definitely fucking power wash like i've shot myself in the hand with that thing it hurts uh like that's you know that's uh that, that, I think that's a very creative and cool death they could have definitely done. Um, yeah. Though I will say, fucking Megan, dude, at the end when she's like, oh, don't worry, Gemma, I'll just lobotomize you and then take care of you, uh, you know, be your, like, assistant. You know, like, I'll, I'll lobotomize you and then I'll take care of you with Katie. And you're like, uh-huh. oh, what the fuck? 
damn yeah. like that that was insane she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna shove this pencil up your nose and fuck your brain up and you know not not enough to kill you just enough to you know mobilize you and then don't worry i'll take care of you and you know i'll, I'll also protect katie it's cool you know i'm not gonna like i liked that like she didn't want she wasn't it wasn't like killer doll like i'm gonna fucking go kill her now it was like no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna keep you because you know i i it's, it's that logical like you know i don't i don't need to kill you like you you know if i killed you that made things, things kind of look awkward but if i you know incapacitate you and you can't stop me from doing what i'm doing already this will be mm-hmm. great. Like I, I love that. That like that was that was kind of the moment where I started to like Megan. It was at the end there. Um, yeah, that, that and was I just think, fucked up shit. Yeah, and I and I like that scene too because it kind of served a purpose and characterization of Megan that I felt was sorely missing through most of the movie. Like most of it was just like, yeah, she's evil because she wants to protect Katie, and that's just kind of her own perverted way. But I felt like it could have gone a lot deeper into it. Like whenever there's AI run rampant um, media that I really enjoy, it tends to be where like you could visualize the process you could see the process of you know how the ai reached this particular conclusion um one of my mm-hmm. favorite novellas of all time and this is this is a mouthful but it's called um the metamorphosis of prime intellect <laughs> um it's basically about an ai robot uh, who reaches the singularity which is basically the uh, watershed moments where an ai can kind of self-improve over time it doesn't need any additional input from humans and just kind of you know builds itself over and over again uh, but basically this ai reaches the singularity becomes this godlike entity and uh but still has the um first three laws of robotics from isaac asimov's um irobots series which is ooh, let me let me refresh myself on that one come on come on robotics Can't. one is like no harm should come to a human is the very first one here we go yeah, a, a, i want to make sure i'm reading this right yeah so number one is or an action yeah a robot may, may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm number two a robot must obey orders given to it by human beings except where such orders will conflict with the first law and then three a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law um so it's basically a movie about kind of like pushing and it's a novella about pushing those limits in terms of okay you know no humans can come to harm so i'm going to use my basically godlike powers to make humans immortal and then humans are bored with their existence so they kind of convince the uh, the ai just like hey why don't we go ahead and kind of harm ourselves like by going through these death games where like our limbs get chopped off, chopped off and shit like that but at the same time you know you keep us alive because you have this immortal godlike ai powers and he's just like hmm yes that's fine as long as you know no harm i don't die that's absolutely fine as long as they're really participants that's fine that sort of thing too but it really plays around with this concept just to kind of see how fucked up i could get but what i really like about it is just you can see and you can see the arguments back and forth in terms of how the ai arrives at these conclusions and i really Mm -hmm. like the ending as well i'm not going to spoil it um but it is you know a very creative twist on how that three robot laws of robotics uh on that method but anyway back to megan i don't I don't feel this movie did a good enough job in terms of explaining her methodology and what was going on in her head. It's just a lot of creepy shots of just like slow zoom in on her face and just like, ooh, look at the creepy doll, woo. And I'm just like, it's not that creepy. <laughs> it doesn't look that creepy. <laughs> well, I mean, it looks, it's uncanny, but yeah, it's not like yeah. scary, scary. Um, yeah. Though I feel like it's going to make the Halloween costume of this year, though, so everyone's going to be fucking Megan for Halloween. Yeah. It's it, the Harley Quinn of this happen. year. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. but what about scenes you liked? Like, I, I talked about the scene, the, the, the hallway scene with the the box cutter, or not the box cutter, the paper cutter, um, where she's chasing the CEO to um, that that amazing song. It was fantastic. Um, Walk the Nights. Um, I really like that. Uh, but what else really stuck out to you? 
honestly, I feel like that was probably the only really good scene. Uh, <laughs> like, or like, I see, not, not not that this were bad, but it was, it was, you know, it was obviously the money shot. And again, I think, I think it is part of the original kind of, uh, I don't know, gore or whatever of, of what's going on, or you know, the original kind of cut, probably. Um, and again, I like, and I like that ending scene. I, I like the confrontation between um, Megan and Jen at the end, Gemma at the end. How it's not just, um, you know, it's not. I feel like mostly usually in these movies, it's like the it's like you know, especially like in Chucky, it's like you know the person walking around while the Chucky's running around in the dark, trying to you know scaring them and stuff, and like you know, attacking them out of the dark, out of the shadows. But I like how it's just her talking with Megan and being like, mm-hmm. "Hey, like you know, trying to shut her down and stuff and all that." Like I, I thought that was well done, um, but you know, I, I think like other than that that scene, I feel like the only other really strengths aren't really uh, specific scenes, but you know the. Again, that, that that kind of development of Gemma and Katie's relationship and kind of Gemma being a bad parent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, thought, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was, you know, it's it's interesting because Gemma is our it's basically our main character, I guess. But, like, she's not the best. And even when she tries to be good, she's not good. But also you understand her as somebody who didn't really want a kid. She's kind of got a kid randomly. Um, mm-hmm. It was interesting that we didn't really see any, uh, I don't know, mourning of her sister. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, that that's that's one thing I do want to touch on in terms of the character of Jenna, because I was actually going to say the exact same thing too. Like she's portrayed to be this awkward, perpetually single, even though she's an extremely attractive woman. Um, which you know I get that you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you know she's got to pick her guys or fighting the quality guys hard and that sort of thing too. But like she's she's made out to be like oh she's so awkward and she's so you know terrible at everything except for her job um and i just i didn't buy it like it was a stereotype that felt like something out of the big bang theory or something like that and then yeah too i 100 percent agree you know her sister died and i don't feel the actress sold that very well um there there were no moments of her breaking down saying you know oh i can't do this the closest thing we get is a quick little phone call with her friend saying yeah i have no idea what i'm doing in terms of being a parent but even then like i didn't feel the despair in her voice i didn't feel anything um Mm. i i i I mean the actress allison williams she was she was great in get out um so she can do it i don't know if it was the script or what but i just i didn't buy her character well because i feel like they, they were trying to make her intentionally kind of distant but it was just weird that like distant from her because like you know I, I get i think they're trying to, to make her as somebody who dedicated her whole life to making the the furby and was you know then dedicating a lot of her life to making you know it obviously takes a lot of time like she has she has her own like home office essentially to program and create things in her in her house so she knows she's very dedicated to her job to understand like that in terms of the relationship and maybe being awkward with people because you know it's, it's that idea it's that kind of trope or that idea that you know she spends so much time around fake people like computers and developing ais and stuff that actual communicating with actual people can be hard for her you know and i think the emotion might be emotionally uh you know, not 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 quite you know uh, apt yet at that point, especially with the little kid. Um, but you know, I, I think there, there there should have been moments of her being like, "Yay, hey, like, hey, Katie, I miss my sister too." You know, like mm-hmm. that could have been like that, I think that could have been a great resolution. Like, I think if we think of Megan as like both of them, you know, the elephant in the room for them both, neither of them like coping. Like, she doesn't know how to cope with you know her sister's daughter in her life currently. You know, her sister's gone. She has this child here who she doesn't really know very well. Um, you know, and the child losing her her mother, like you know, Megan is that coping device for both of them. It's her pushing away her problems by having by with solving it with technology again, and then also it's Katie uh, bonding, uh, you know, in an unhealthy way and depending unhealthily on this uh, technology to you know serve all her feelings and protect her. You know, it, it all, and almost in a toxic kind of way, it protects her. You know, like if, if a kid, you know, it's like overcoddling a kid, nothing can be wrong. They can't experience any pain. And she does say that one point. Like Gemma says to um, yeah, I was about to say to there's, Megan, there's she's a... like. You, you, 
yeah, yeah. there's there's that scene later on in the movie where like you know uh, katie is going through megan withdrawal because you know jenna finds out that you know megan has killed dogs and neighbors and that sort of thing at that point in time uh but yeah they're in the the testing or demonstration room at hasbro not hasbro or whatever and she's it's just hasbro. like yeah i miss i miss your mom too every single day like there is a moment of that but i just i don't know i just didn't buy it yeah well, what I think, I think, again, I think, I think having a discussion of, of grief would have been interesting. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. ha- having them have a discussion of grief and how to handle grief and how it's unhealthy to bury yourself in, in your work or bury yourself in uh, technology would have been, you know, like, obviously that is part of the theme, but it's not very present. It's like, it's like a, if you read into it, you think about it, that's the theme, but I don't think it was very clearly, it didn't seem like they knew that was their theme, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. you know? I think it seemed like it was more the cool concept of Megan was, was, was most the driving plot. Um like, I feel like this is a movie that I think a lot of, I've heard a lot of people talk about the relationship and that coping idea, but I think it's one of those things where it's kind of hinted at, but not really explored, mm-hmm. um, which I think would have made it a better movie. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I honestly was waiting for, um, like, I don't know, like a twist that it wasn't that um, Megan was overly protective of Katie, but that she was overly possessive of Gemma. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, like, I, see, I was waiting for something to happen where it's going to turn out that, like, I don't know, I, when, I, when I was thinking about the movie, I was thinking, like, oh, it wouldn't be cool if it turned out that, like, you know, because she developed Megan, so Megan is her child, and this other child comes in, and Megan's like, yo, what, what, what the fuck, like, you know, you don't want to have me, you developed me, and, you know, and now you're just pushing me off on your child instead of, you know, interacting with me, like, you know, she doesn't baby, you know, she doesn't parent Megan or Katie, like, Megan asks how to deal with death, and she's like, oh, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't have that conversation with Megan or with Katie, um, which is interesting. Um, so I, I thought it was going to end up being that, like, she, you know, Megan would be, like, either framing or implementing uh, Katie to, you know, get closer to Gemma or to have Gemma to herself somehow. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought that would be, like, a fun twist at the end if she was like, oh, no, I've been killing these people to frame your daughter. It's not like your daughter to kill these people. Your daughter killed the dog because the dog bit her. Your daughter killed the neighbor because the neighbor was rude to her. Your daughter killed the boy who was bullying her. I'm mm-hmm. great. But now your daughter's going to jail. Now you have me. Like, I thought that mm-hmm. was going to go on. Uh, I would have really liked that twist. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, definitely. It, it I, I think that would be interesting, yeah. Um, just going back to the main thing, because I, I think this is one thing the movie does pretty well in terms of the theme of Megan replacing parenting. Um, that, that That is a major thing throughout the movie, and that is ultimately one of the reasons, you know, before all the killing and everything talks, where Jenna and the other engineers are sitting around just like, should we really do this? You know, is this a good placement for parenting? Should, you know, is this designed, you know, is this going to have any detrimental effects on the child and that sort of thing, too? Um, I, I thought the movie did a decent job with that, honestly, and that was the one, one of the more interesting aspects of the film. Um, so, like, when they're sitting around, the therapist is talking about... Uh, you know, how could this could affect um, Katie's emotional developments and how that scores away. Um, yeah, I thought there was a lot to say there, especially, again, teaching it to the Gen Z crowd who's grown up with iPads and everything like that, too. Um, and just technological literacy, um, which is actually something I focused a lot on when I was a teacher teaching elementary school fourth graders. So um, those kids, by the time I left fourth grade, they would actually probably be preteens, teenagers now. So they, they might even be going and seeing this movie um, but, but I think that would be good for them in terms of just like kind of realizing, recognizing, hey, don't, uh, you know, spend all your life. You know, sometimes it's nice to have the face to face as well. Oh, God, I sound mm-hmm. like a boomer. Oh, God. You, it's how you, you are a boomer. It's OK. I understand. Oh, you, no. Oh, no. You geriatric old man. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's that um, in terms of how that goes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else on that front. Because like, yeah, so, the other engineers, they had basically no personality i can't really say anything about them um oh, what do you think lame. of the C- yeah what would you think of the ceo character 
I liked him. I liked him a lot. Yeah. I like. I thought. I, well, I, I liked him, and I thought he kind of had a point where he's like, "You had a fucking job to make this other Furby, and you took all of our company resources and made a titanium girl who's following your daughter around." I feel like he. Would, I feel like he'd be like. I could sue the shit out of you right now. Do you know how, uh-huh. like how much how much company resources in technology and propi- and like uh, propriety or what propriety what do you call it? the propi- proprietary technology proprietary, did yeah. you uh-huh. did did you use to make this thing which is now walking around <laughs> like or like <laughs> it's killing people because even if uh-huh. she developed it she developed it under the company on a company time so if it's yeah. killing people it's not just gen- like at one point um, Megan's like you know wouldn't it be unfortunate if somebody found out I killed somebody wouldn't that be really bad for you Jenna or Gemma like. Also, the CEO should be like, that'd be really bad for us. We would just fucking, we would be gone. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if our, if some, if one of our um, engineers developed a murderous doll, we would just be gone. Like, I almost think that, like, to make him seem more seedy, because I think, yeah, to, they, they should have had him learn about a murder and be like, yeah, we're covering this up. Like, mm-hmm. delete that video file. Like, you know, maybe, maybe have it even be that Megan didn't delete it. Maybe it'd be that he deleted it. He was like, no, nah, we can't have this. Sorry. This is, you know, this is, this is going to interrupt our Furby line. So, like, sorry, no. Um, mm-hmm. That could have been interesting. Um, or that even, um, I don't know, that, what, 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 did, um, sorry, I'm sorry, off for a second. Did anything happen with the subplot of the guy, um, the Pornhub guy who was, uh, sealing the Megan code? Whatever happened yeah, to him? Yeah, I was well, about he, to he say died, that too. But... Like, yeah, he died and I, there was, there was two plot lines that I felt like kind of went nowhere. One was with the therapist, like that was just kind of a, um exercise in terms of, you know, showing that technolo- technology is you know, overtaking uh, Katie's life and it's being a replacement for actual parenting. Like, she spelled out the theme in that one scene, which is fine. Again, this is a movie intended for younger audiences. Um, But at the same time, too, you know, there was that threatening stare from Megan to the therapist at that one point. And I was just like, okay, the therapist is going to die. And Mm. she doesn't, so that plotline was kind of dropped. But yeah, no, too, at the very beginning of the movie where the one of the assistants to the CEO was stealing the company's secrets and sending them to a rival company. uh, Yeah, that went nowhere except for in the elevator one megan does eventually kill him um she's just like oh yeah this is a great way to frame we could say that the ceo found out and you know instead of going to jail you decided to murder him instead and that sort of thing you know a perfect alibi um <clears throat> it was kind of set up for that but i i, I felt that that plot kind of felt that side plot kind of fell flat and yeah like, I, I, it's probably um, a sequel bait because then like what they can do is they can have somebody make the knockoff megan and then megan uploads her yeah. into it and that's megan is born again so do you yeah, think if they was... make another Megan, they'll do like different colored hair or something like? Yeah. Do you think it'll be the same Megan? It'll be like all the uh, different no, Chucky's. They got to go bigger and better. <clears throat> What's going to happen in the sequel if they do make it is Megan's going to be made out of nano machines, and she can change her face and appearance at will, and Ooh. that'll be the, t- the new thing on that front. Um, oh no! That's how it goes. Actually, I think even better, they got to upgrade her to like a Beast Wars Transformer. And she turns into a car and drives after people. That'd be so good. <laughs> it's, the, it's the from a Buick 8 uh, slash Maximum Overdrive sequel that we all wanted. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I w- that'd be so good. Just give her, like, random little things. Or she, like, you know, a little, like, give her upgrade. She, you know, pops wheelies out of her feet and can just, like, slide around. Or, like, uh-huh. could, that'd be, that, that should be where it goes. I want, I want them to have, have diff- different features. Like, she can play music. Well, I guess she, she can already <laughs> sing. But um, also, why doesn't she just play the music? Why does she sing it? Why doesn't she just, like, she has a fucking radio in her mouth, right? Just, like, uh-huh. play Titanium. I don't know. I guess it's yeah. kind of weird. Um, uh, maybe it was the license was easier or cheaper just to say it. Um, and then also, too, I guess maybe a creepier, creepier way to kind of do it on that front. So that, I guess maybe just like talking from the in-reader's from engineering standpoint is, is singing a bedtime story is a lot more personal than 
um, playing the song that was re-recorded for another purpose. Um, mm. And it's all about developing that personal bond with the child. So I, I guess I could say that. But yeah, that, that was a weird That's thing. Uh-huh. Dude, I, do you think we'll ever get, like, you know how, like, in Japan they had the Sadako versus, uh, who was it? Sadako versus... Oh, uh, gosh, um, I know what you're talking about. The Grudge, Grudge Girl. Grudge Girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah maybe we'll, maybe yeah. We'll, somebody will get a Chuggy versus Megan. Uh-huh, yeah. And they should just pick him up and be like, you're really tiny. This isn't very effective. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, though, you know, now, now I'm thinking, man, it, it, I don't know what the original kill was for um, the guidance counselor. But my, mm-hmm. but here, but here's my, here's my pitch. All right, yes. guidance counselor. You know, she she approaches at one point, and the guidance counselor is like, "Man, this is the problem. Technology is killing. You know, ruining children's relationships. They shouldn't have. You know, that." And then I don't know. Somehow she makes an OK Boomer pun and blows her up. Mm-hmm. That that that'll be it. She'll be like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay, man, Boomer. That, that, boom. That would have fed in perfectly. I actually would have loved the movie because that that would have been the type of humor that I wanted more out of the movie. Like I said, I just the opening scene with like the Furbies and the pooping and the ridiculousness of it all. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this already in this episode, but in the very opening scene, like the very, very first thing in the movie is an infomercial for this Furby knockoff. And basically you take this iPad and you feed the Furby and like, it actually like burps and farts and poops and pellets and that sort of thing too. And just absolutely ridiculous idea for a toy. But I was just like, okay, this is what we're going for. We're gonna, we're doing some real garbage pail kid shit. I'm, I'm in for it. I want, I want to see a movie about these killer Furbies and they never did. And I was well, very disappointed then, about that. And then the knockoff Furbies that had like the, the glowing butts and it was like, if yes. it's red, it means it's mad or something. <laughs> like what? But I feel like there actually is weird shit like that. I think there's definitely weird shit like that. As an adult, you're like, why does that, what, why is the butt tell us the emotion? But as a kid, they're like, it's butts glowing. Like, yeah, awesome. Uh, uh-huh. No, like I said, I mean, Garbage Pail Kids was like around in the 70s, and that was weirder than most shit that exists today. So, uh, mm. yeah. Was it 70s? I, was it 80s? I don't know. Sometime. It, it, it's decades old at this point. Um, I, did, you know, yeah. one, I, I did see an article. I didn't read the article. Maybe it was a YouTube video. I didn't read it or watch it, whatever it was. I, I, t- I tend to like see articles and topics for, for movies and videos like, and things about like movies, and I don't actually read the article. I'm just like, oh, this is what their tagline is. Let me assume what this is about. Um, but one of them was talking about how um, they said music was weaponized in Megan. Again, I didn't wa- I didn't watch it or read it, whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. But I did find that interesting. Like, again, I don't know what they were saying, what what how music was weaponized. Uh, but I do wonder if if that is also commentary on the fact that anytime Katie had a problem, Megan would sing to kind of like you know hide it. Be like, yo, oh, you know, you missed your parents. Here's the song. Oh, this boy would deserve to die. Here's the song. Um, you know, and I and I kind of wonder if maybe. Um, you know that that is also an intentional commentary on like hiding emotion or hiding trauma through or like you know or kind of modern culture of like oh just you know listen to this song and that's how you'll get through your day instead of actually dressing it um, mm-hmm. i don't know if that was intentional or not and again i also don't know if that was the article was about um but i think that's interesting that then the only other time releasing really music come into play is that kill is that death scene so she's acting mm-hmm. out the aggression of the song essentially um which I think it's kind of an interesting thread um so I don't, if that was intentional that's, that's that's great that's cool um possibly not probably not um Though I will say, this is actually the second movie within the past week I saw about a girl whose mother, mother mother-like character, I guess, uh, invents a AI that sings to her to help her (laughs) cope with her problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I I recently watched an anime movie called, like, um, let me pull up real quick, it's like Something Harmony, and it's literally, Mm -hmm. like, same plot, mom develops AI, sends the AI to school to test it out, girl gets to know AI, AI wants to make her happy, so it sings songs all the time. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what a what a weird coincidence that both these movies I I, I watched both movies at the same time. Uh, unfortunately, she's not a murderer, um, <laughs> and both 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 times they sing are not great. Um, mm-hmm. But 
uh, you know, if anybody's, if anybody, if that's a genre that's out there that people like, I'm just saying, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely a few of them. Uh, I'll, try, I'll try to figure out what it, was, what it was called. Oh, Sing a Bit of Harmony is what it was called. Uh, mm, gotcha. So, you know, check that out if you ever want to see Megan, but not evil. I don't know. <laughs> Megan that worked. Megan that worked is how we'll call it. Megan that worked. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else, probably anything else that's worth commenting on for this guy? Um, like, yeah, I will, I will give a shout out to Violet McGraw, who played Katie. Um, I think she oh, did yeah. a good job. I mean, she's, you know, a loving child actress, uh, you know, tiny, uh, you know, not still got a whole career ahead of her. So I'm not going to, you know, give her too much shit, obviously, because I'm not going to beat up on a child's acting. But I think she did a really good job. Like, I think the scene that really sold me was um, the whole segments where uh, Jenna realizes that Megan is a murderous dog, er, not a murderous dog, a murderous <laughs> doll and killed the dog and killed the neighbor. And she's just like, okay, we got to, you know, make sure that Megan gets fixed because we got this launch coming up and everything, you know, we can't have a murderous doll out on the rampage. Um, and Katie is screaming in the car and they kind of calm down. Like I felt very believable in terms of it's a child who has had something taken away it was almost like an addiction someone addicted to something relapsing which she was and then the scene afterwards where she kind of gives the heart to heart in terms of you know megan made me feel you know happy which i haven't felt since my parents died and you know jenna was just like oh you know well you know sometimes we have to process these emotions i can't say it'll get easier but i will say you know you will be able to get through it um you can handle it at that point basically is what she's insinuated um i thought she did a really good job i looked her up afterwards actually earlier today and uh yeah she's been in a lot actually she was a cameo in ready player one just a child in a shopping cart uh, but she was also Dr. Sleep, and then she was also young Yelena in Black Widow. Uh, but the biggest one I didn't realize with her, uh, she was uh, Yon Nell in The Haunting of Hill House, the youngest daughter. Um, oh, yeah, okay. And I thought she did a really good job on that one, too. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where she goes in terms of her career. I hope, you know, she doesn't, you know does well with hollywood and it doesn't affect her you know a child she doesn't fall into the child actor traps that people often do but uh yeah no mm. she, she she did very well in this movie i thought she was very good um yeah. the ceo i also loved as well i thought he was hilarious i really liked the acting there everything else was kind of just like eh, i could take it or leave it honestly yeah, yeah. and i i, I want to say I, I completely agree with you with violet i thought she did i like i was like annoyed with her at times but i feel like intentionally like i, I think I, yeah. I think she she did a great job in this like, i think across the board like i think she she played that kid who was clearly like distant and hurt and like you know like wasn't emotionally stable at the time and i think that you know again her reactions to megan uh, and her reactions like you know like he mentioned wanting to protect megan or wanting to keep megan were so bratty but like in a, you know in, in the sense that like she acted perfectly like she was mm-hmm. bratty in a great way um so yeah no, i agree I, I completely agree with you that. i think honestly i think on the main cast is good i think the writing you know didn't help some things but i thought um Gemma's emotionally distant parent was great. Um, I thought, you know, she as the daughter was great. Um, you know, I think everybody, everybody, I think, did a good job in this. Like, it's just, like, I think the writing need, needs some work. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Allison Williams, honestly. I, like, she, she's had good stuff on there, too, but I definitely don't think she brought her a game to this one. Um, how dare you? Yeah. I mean, she was great in Get Out. I never saw Girls. Apparently, she was a major role in that one. Um, no. yeah, I'm trying to think what else she's been on, so... Apparently, the writer for this is also writing um, The Nun 2. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. The first one wasn't great, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. I'll, yeah, I'm, definitely. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be helpful. Soft, I got a soft spot for the Conjuring too. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for Megan. Uh, I think you definitely enjoyed it a lot more than I did. I was I was honestly very disappointed with this movie. I wasn't a huge fan. I thought it was kind of boring. Um, but again, I, I don't feel like I'm the target demographic for this. If I, I, I guess target demographic would be Gen Z who, you know, wants to dip their toes in horror movies, that wants to see something a little bit more adult that's not Brandon on Sure or Die, although I would definitely recommend for that one as well. But <laughs> I think there's a, it, it's got some good stuff to say. I just, I was, I was personally kind of bored with it. Mm. But, yeah. like, but dude, I, I do think this is like is a is a good entry level kind of teen horror movie though. Like I feel like yeah. this is this is a good gateway horror movie for people who like mm-hmm. you know aren't super into horror maybe or who you know maybe um, you know don't don't want a lot of gore. I think this really meets that. Um, you know, I think it, it's a solid PG thirteen. Um, like you know, and so you know, kind of almost along the lines of Gremlins to a degree. I think that for some people, this might, there for some kids, this might be their Gremlins. It might be like the movie that they started kind of watching and they had horror elements that you know get into more with. So I think, yeah, I think that that's mm-hmm. good. I think you know, I think I don't think we have a lot of those now. I think we have like you know, in comparison to I, I know I still haven't seen Smile, which I heard is great. Um, but in comparison to like what's that movie Countdown or um, Truth or Dare, or those other kind of horror movies that came out, I think this is definitely above those. Yeah. Um, for those kind of movies that I think were kind of popular with kids. Like, I remember my ESL students would always talk about, like, oh, man, we're going to go see Truth or Dare. The way they smile, so creepy. And I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. it looks like a shitty movie. <laughs> like, if, if if I was still teaching now, one of the kids I'm going to go see Megan, I'm like, yeah, go do it. Like, my uh, my stepsister, uh, sister, what do you call it? Sister-in-law? My sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, uh, yeah. j- Just one of my sister, you know, my sister-in-law, I guess. Uh, Wife's sister, uh, got uh, it. One, one of them, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of them just turned, uh, she just turned 13, and uh, we, we are celebrating her birthday, and I was like, "Oh, you gonna go see Megan now?" She's like, "Yeah, I actually really want to." And I was like, "Oh, great. Okay, cool." Because you know, now she's PG thirteen. I was like, "Can you go see your your first kind of horrorish movie?" And like, you know, that could be exciting for you. That could be fun. Um, so, you know, that, I think I think that that has value there. Um, yeah, and I definitely think you know this is this is definitely again kind of lapping down on it. If you're a Gen Z teen who wants to see a horror movie and you're not normally a horror movie fan and you want to see it with a group of friends and just kind of laugh at it the whole time or just kind of like ah oh, be scared whatever, I think this is you, you could do a lot worse than this. Hmm. What's Gen yeah. Z again? Are they twenty born born two thousand born? Uh, yeah, it's the one after millennials. So Gen Z is Zoomers. That is. Uh, mid to late 90s. So I would say like 95 to 2010 ish. Mm-hmm. And then what, so what do we call new, new kids on the block? What, what are they called? Um, so hang on. So the official, according to Wikipedia, uh, millennials is 81 to 96, Gen Z is 97 to 2012, and then Generation Alpha, which is the word we were looking for earlier, is 2010 to 2020s. So, what the fuck? Yeah. Yes. Alpha? Alpha, yes. God, that sounds so toxic. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wait. I'm waiting for thirty years down the road when they're like, "I'm alpha generation, bitch." And like, uh, oh yes. god, that sounds. That I sounds listen like the to worst. Andrew Tate and Joe Rogan, the real alphas. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, I, I just can't wait for that to. Uh, somebody, whoever came up with that, somebody, I don't know, but somebody just had a fucking kid that year. It was like. Oh man, my kid's an alpha. I'm gonna call him Generation Alpha, and then everyone else. Is like, what the fuck's wrong? <laughs> Bruce, shut the fuck up. And he's like, No, Alpha. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Good stuff. Like, but yeah, any final thoughts on Megan then? Nah, you know, again, go see it. Like, I, 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 I know that like I don't think it's an amazing movie, um, but I think you know, I think it was fun, especially for a January release like this, where a lot of kind of shit gets put out during this time, um, and this movie was slated for that. I think you know, I, I'm impressed at its uh, its publicism, and I, you know, I. If, if you know, if you want to wait, I do think that they probably will release a um, unrated version or something like that at some point, and that will, I think will probably make it a better movie. So if people are kind yeah. of on the fence, I might see see if that comes out. 
and maybe mm-hmm. wait till then to watch it. Yep, definitely. Sounds good. All right, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, this is Premier Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Uh, you, The opening theme song is Horror Movie Story by Teddy's Atlas. You can get that out of the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, we have a few more projects down the pipeline in 2023. Of course, we're going on in, but we are active on social media, Facebook and Instagram. You can always send us suggestions from there. Fantastic. Uh, we're always interested in doing more special episodes like the top 10 tier, or not the top 10, but the tier ranking we did at the end of 2022. So uh, yeah, reach out to us. We more than happy to respond listen everything like that thanks so much to the fans that uh you know do reach out to us that's awesome other than that that's all we got uh so thank you so much for listening and stay groovy bye